0: Fade you, yeah, 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 na, 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 nah, nah. This is fade you, yeah, 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 yeah. Fade you.
1: Fade Hello to all the dads out there and moms. Welcome to another episode of the Fade You podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at FadeU Sports, and please subscribe wherever you're listening. That helps us out. Uh, We're gaining more and more followers slowly, but surely trying to network a little bit and subscribing and downloading the pod really does help us out so we can keep giving you guys some, I don't know about good content, but entertaining (laughs) content nonetheless. My name is Matthew James. I do have Kmart and Chris Duke with me, the guys that started it all. Over Dude, it a year I feel ago. like it's
2: been a, a minute since the three of us have been on one of these
1: I know we have, well we've expanded, you know, we have Joe with us a lot We have Neil with us quite often, so we kind of have our, our split groups But it's good to have the band back together, guys yeah. uh, This is episode 64, we're recording on August 18th, 2021 Chris Duke, you survived your bachelor party Are you still drunk or did you finally sober up?
0: <laughs> I sobered up on Sunday just in time for the fiance to say, Let's go to the Orange County Fair and do it again. Oh. Like, fuck.
2: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> I saw you were at the fair. I couldn't believe it because the last time I had seen you, you had a hairpiece on and you were drooling all over your chips at the blackjack table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. That was a. A wild night, you know, I told Joe, I said, you never gave me that 50 because I beat your ass on the golf course. He's like, I gave you a hundred, you idiot. So apparently uh, there was a a little bit of a blur there.
1: (laughs) The best part about that was the shirts, obviously with, uh, (laughs) and and I kind (laughs) of, I kind of spilled the beans on Twitter. Somebody, I think it was Neil who asked who was on the shirt. I said, Oh, that's Chris's mugshot. So uh, my bad for, for letting that little, that slip. Um, don't tell the story now, but maybe someday you can tell the story and have a good laugh at your expense. But people are asking, like, what did he do?
0: <laughs> someday. Someday we'll go <laughs> into a little bit of the yeah. craziness. Oh, God. Because how long ago was it? 2010, man. Oh, Over God. a decade ago. Oh, God.
1: So, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for another time. So, that we'll call that a I'm
2: tease. Sure I'm dude. on
0: that pod because I, oh, I
2: yeah, stories too, I can uh come to light. <laughs> the the crazy part
0: is, I was completely sober, it would have made it better if I was just wrecked, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: pretty usual.
1: <laughs> uh, Kmart, how you doing? You are getting ready to go to Vegas, uh, you are packing up your apartment, you're getting ready to move.
2: Yeah. Yeah, big, big things happening. Purchased a place in Laguna Niguel. Now I let everybody know where I live. Come and find me. We'll have football watch parties, get drunk, eat food, jump off the balcony into the pool, just craziness. But uh, yeah, getting ready, packing up, and looking forward to the drive out to Vegas to sign up for these circa millions.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about contests here in a couple minutes, but we are within a week of getting the whole Fade U group to sign up now. Well, I'll save it for a couple minutes from now. We're going to do things a little bit differently than we did last year. So yeah, Kmart will be there this weekend to sign up, and then the rest of us will be there uh, late next week. So this pod, we're going to focus kind of just on NFL. I mean, we I talked about this with my Joe and Joe podcast the other night, but my interest in the baseball season is uh, very minimum right now. I, I'll get excited when the playoffs start, but I just I can't watch playoff teams beat up on shitty teams. And it just it's not very interesting to me right now. So check back with me on base. every once in a while. You'll see some value. I, I know I had a, the Rockies were pretty good to me this week. I posted a couple of those on Twitter the last couple of days. Kmart. I mean, it's not very interesting watching the Dodgers beat up on the Pirates.
2: Yeah, we're barely escaping, apart from last night. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I don't yeah. know about
1: beating up, but
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, wins a win. You know, anything to keep pace in the NL West. But you know, back to your Rockies. I mean, even the Diamondbacks right now at home are starting to uh, pick things up too. So you know, some value plays. You know, the for the what six weeks. Something Something like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, it's it's a dangerous time to be betting poop because so many of these teams (laughs) are going to just throw in the towel. But then you have, I mean, you have the the Rockies like tough at home taking care of the dads. You have the Diamondbacks just scrappy as fuck out there in the desert against the Phillies who have a ton to play for. So I guess what we can tell people is you can't just ignore the poop altogether
0: unless it's the Orioles. Right. Did we just have a fade dent alert or something go off in the background? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I wish. For, a, for a 20 second, I know. I wish he would have texted me. Um, no, I mean, yeah, you're seeing some poop cash. It's good to see the Astros go down. Everyone's probably, oh, Astros only minus 160, and the Royals just fucking took them to town and finally lost one. But at least they they won three out of four. That's pretty funny against the Astros and uh, fade the money on Visa calls them one of the the almost one of the terrible seven who and diamondbacks too these teams that are almost you know 20 30 40 games below 500 and they're taking out teams above 500 like the Phillies so good to see it's funny to see the reds laying minus 300 against the marlins they're actually not doing anything until the fourth inning and then rattled off four and they get the win but uh, it's it's weird to see teams like the reds that are normally historically the dog or maybe laying a baby bit now laying minus 300, but, uh, good for Luis Castillo. He's found his, uh, his groove and he, he's, uh, pitched another strong one tonight. He went from like a six or 17 already down to four. He's been pitching great. So we'll see. Interesting. I like to see the Reds do well. I like to see a team like Cincinnati come, come and like fuck with, with one of these big name teams, you know, the Cubs are done, but it'd be fun to see them, uh, squeak in and mess with the Brewers or the Cardinals, stuff like that, and knock one of the the big, you know, your your big Doyers or Giants or something like that. See some small-town teams do well at the end here.
1: You're probably – I mean, the way this is trending, the Padres are fading away. Jake Arrieta's Padres are, are – <laughs> their their season's going down the toilet right now so your reds and your boy castillo might find himself in a wild card game against the doys or the giants or however that shakes out so that'll be really interesting because you know that nl west team is going to be hyper juiced to oblivion in whoever they play against the wild card but that's enough about baseball we want to talk some nfl uh we eventually want to get into some college football too but I think we're all just so eager to get signed up for the contest and we have NFL on our mind. Uh, we do have a games wrapping up. Um, apparently some people we know were all on the Eagles who had Jalen hurts, get ruled out during warmups with an illness and are about to lose 35 to nothing. It's preseason, <laughs> but, uh, it didn't work out so well with Eagles betters who I think had the sharp money on them. I want to say that was a, a a line that was like Eagles plus two and a half and it got steamed all the way to Eagles minus one. And that clearly didn't work. People are going to overreact to this. Kyle, we had our boy Neil already talk about how he's (laughs) not because of this game, but he's, he's kind of coming around on, some Patriots love for the season, whether it's a possible win total over or to make the playoffs or perhaps Belichick coach of the year. How do you see this team that last year was probably as bad as it could have gotten?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I've talked about it three times on previous pods, but when you have half their defense sitting out due to COVID protocol, um, you know, obviously the, Reshaping of the offense with Brady leaving last year, they're going to go through some growing pains on that side of the ball. And defensively, you know, plug and play—they weren't—they weren't terrible last year. But getting a lot of key pieces back—I mean, I've said it—I—I I like them. I feel like they are a little undervalued. I mean, are they going to go make a Super Bowl run? Probably not. But I mean, I, I can definitely see why people—you know—what what is their season win total? Like eight and a half.
1: I'm looking that up right now. Chris, yeah, you don't – do you know Chris?
2: It might be nine. I, I, we talked about it before. I feel like it's a
1: – Okay, they're actually nine and a half.
2: Nine and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, you figure kind of so, like what I said earlier in the week, you know, with the extra week, could be eight and a half. But I'd really just probably look at – their last three weeks see who they play see if you know there's a potential for any teams being locked up because that's that's where they could get the over uh they're they're probably going to be inconsistent um but you know i i can definitely see why there's a lot of people thinking what they're thinking about you know season when football's over
1: chris what in your opinion would it be better to go on an over on a team like new England who had pretty much everything go against them last season. Like Kyle alluded to, they had a ton of guys sit out because of COVID they had some injuries. They had a new, a completely new quarterback and designing an offense around that. So everything went wrong for them. Would you rather bet on them to bounce back or would you rather fade a team like Buffalo who had everything go their way? So like which type of regression would you tend to look for a bills under 11 or a Patriots over nine and a half or both?
0: Man. Yeah, I guess that's a great question. Probably a little of both. I mean, they say, um, on a lot of shows, you hear that on average the NFL, right? Because you hear from top to bottom, this is the league that there is from, from the best team in the league to the worst team in the league there's the least margin. Like, I mean, we saw it last year, the jets beating the Rams a 17 point dollar. You see it every year. Like these teams have good players. They just don't bring it week in and week out. So on average, a team that's really dog shit is going to regress back to their 500 mean. And a team that is really, really good aside from Andy Reid's chiefs are going to regress back to that 500. They're going to be more like 10 and six in the prior seasons that only had 16 games. So now more like, you know, 10 and seven. So, uh, I would say both, uh, it's hard to keep it up. The bills are playing in a tough division where the, the Patriots are going to be better. Um, the dolphins are going to be good again. Um, and then obviously we don't know what we're going to get about the, from the jets. Maybe they will be a little better. Maybe they will be a little more scrappy, uh, with the Mo behind center. So, uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know.
0: well, and here's something on the
1: bills too. And I, I always read Warren Sharp's preview and, Anybody who's looking at win totals and four, I, I would highly, it's a huge book. It's a long read, but I would highly recommend checking it out. So on these double digit win totals, you know, the bills are set at 11. That's, that's quite high. Kyle, what did they finish last season? Do you remember? Was it, it wasn't 13 and three, was it, it was 13 and three? Yeah. Oh my God. So here's double digit win totals. And now this, there's a huge caveat here. is excluding all of the Brady Patriots because that is such a historic outlier for that sustained success. But when you exclude the Patriots, double digit win totals only go over just over 45%. And it's Chris, it's because of what you mentioned. Everything goes right for teams like the bills last season, 13 and three, nobody got hurt. Stefan Diggs stayed healthy. Josh Allen improved one of the most crazy remarkable improvements from one year to the next in NFL history. So like, is everything going to go their way again? I mean, they can, they can still make the playoffs at 10 and 7. So, just be careful with these double-digit win totals. It's The books set them high, and a lot has to go right for them to go over. But well, NFC East is interesting. And, Kyle, like Chris said, your Dolphins aren't going anywhere. I mean, I, in my opinion, a lot of people think that, okay, they had a nice season. They'll take a step back. I think it's more likely they're going to improve than regress.
2: I mean, they – Yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't improve. Um, Look what they added. I mean, well, let alone what they added, they have probably one of the best coaches in the NFL, in my opinion. I agree. From what he did when they just sold everything two years ago. Wow, I can't speak. But uh, to get that team competitive and to believe and to just trust the process, the system, uh, and now that they're getting talent, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a team to be reckoned with, let alone you're going to have Waddle and Tua on the offensive side. Tua's going to improve. He was injured to end last season, which a lot of people didn't know about at the time. Um, well, not, and even it's not-, a of, not even a fan of Tua. You know, it's just something to take note of that you can't really take his last five weeks and be like, oh, this guy's a bust. Because, I mean, that guy's character, you know he worked his ass off in the offseason. season
1: and it's not like that injury was like a broken wrist that his fucking hip had to get popped back in like that's a it's an insane injury that he was rehabbing in a covid offseason like right you can't look at last year's version of Tua and oh by the way that offense was designed for Ryan Fitzpatrick not right. Tua so yeah. like you talk about everything being against a guy it yeah. would be it would be really hard to not see him take a step this season
2: I mean, the only thing that I can say negative about Tua is maybe he's injury prone. Sure. That's that's about mm-hmm. it. That's about all I can come up with because everything defense else is I've, sick I've as shit, though. Them, yeah, he he just – he has character. You know, he has the things you want to build a team around.
1: Chris, I remember uh, Den had to be on it. Uh, it, I was I was,
0: get, I was just go gonna ahead. mention that. Go I ahead. We're both thinking the, the same game. thing. That's
1: the one. Yeah. <laughs> we were at classic Q. They had what, two blocked puns and a, a pick a fumble six or something. Goff had so many turnovers. Yeah. I mean, sure, some of those turnovers <laughs> might be a little bit lucky, but do am I remember the sure. am I remembering this right? Dennis was for sure on the Rams in that game.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, I think it, it I don't know about first quarter, first half and full, but I think for sure, first half and full. And it was just dead from the start. We we're just like, <laughs> oh, my God, is it twenty eight to six or something like that? Just uh, an
1: absolute ass beating. That's just one of those where Den falls on his face and you just you just can't help but laugh at his expense and counter winnings. <laughs> Oh God. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk more NFL. I know Kmart has some more teams he wanted to touch on. That was a little, that was a nice little rundown of the AFC East, but we'll come back with more in just a sec. Okay. We're back. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, we're getting ready to sign up for the Circa million. Uh, we played in that for the first time last season. We didn't play in at the first season. We were over at the Westgate and did quite well when it was myself and Kmart and Kyle, you're, father-in-law and then one of our other buddies. So I took a step back last season and we can just spend a minute talking about how difficult it is to pick in a contest where Chris, you're forced to pick five from a slate of between 14 and 16. Now we had a little experiment in June where you were forced to make picks each day. And I think it would be an understatement to say it didn't go well. What is, what is so hard and why is it so different picking for a contest versus just betting?
0: It's, it's because you, you have to, picking five, like it, there's so many times last year, When, and Riley and I, you know, Freck and I did one uh, last year and we actually did, we we finished above 500. Like we did fine, but in a contest, that's obviously not going to get it done. We did fine towards the end. We just played poop and like poop went like three and two or four and one when we finished and it's like, that's fine. But it's because you're not doing just ones that like, like it might, you might come to the end of Sunday. And you know Den's going to be on the square dog, but you might have left that one out of your contest. And here it is, and you're going to play it, and you win. There were so many times last year when I had a shit uh, contest week, but my my fucking account with the bookie was way up because I faded Den on like his zillion plays. So it's like you can kind of zone in on a, a lot more uh when you're just you know betting casually with your buddies when it's a contest when you only it's five and five only you can't do over unders it's just against the spread and and then you get uh kind of into a corner sometimes and then you're you're like man i like seven of them and then you pick the five and and the the two you leave out win and the ones you put in lose and then you're like gosh damn it and you end up with a, a so so weak so that's how it goes do you think it's also because
1: you're not playing against the book in a contest you're playing against other people and you can kind of get in your own head when you have that approach.
0: Yeah, you and I, the most, we're, we're always like trying to pick who, what's going to be the consensus, right? Who's going to be like, what are all these people going to think is the value? And then we'd find out and we would like, oh, we got the consensus. But then sometimes the consensus would win. And sometimes the consensus would be one in four. And we're like, fuck, we could have faded the consensus this week. So yeah, that's a lot, a big part of it too.
1: And Kyle, you can talk about the pitfalls of what we experienced last season, where I think the way that you put it is having too many hands in the cookie jar, trying to share an entry with a lot of people. Because of course, you want to participate with your buddies, you want to help keep the cost of the entry down, but that can be a really, really difficult thing to pull off and be successful doing.
2: Try to keep me on point here. I might ramble for a little too long (laughs) here, but I want to touch back on what you and Chris just said briefly just with, you know, wanting to bet against the consensus. Like this is where the three of us have always been at odds because I don't think it matters in the first 14 weeks. Like you just need to find wins. Like that's all that matters. And then if you find yourself in a position where you and Lance and I were two years ago, then yeah, that's where I think it matters. But in the first, honestly, in the first five weeks, like we know it just, Go three and two, just keep your head above water. Try to get a four and one in there. Five and those would be great, but to be realistic, go three and two and you're going to be in perfect striking distance to get hot. Um, repeat your question now that I got my two cents in.
1: No, I think that's a great point. And I think we, while we were talking about sharing an entry with right. mul- multiple people and how hard that is to. Yeah.
2: So, so I think why you Lance and I had success is, I mentioned on this before is we kind of copied, uh, you know, another entry, not like that, but, uh, you know, what their format the to listen to the format. And I liked it where, you know, we, we each just kind of focused on one play gun to your head. What would you put your life on? So your best bet. And in those scenarios, you and Lance were, just under 60%. I want to say like right at 58%, he might've had like a half game on you because of a push. And I was stupid hot in those at 14 and three, but like, I still like that model. And then, you know, just, he gave us the leeway to where we just got to pick the last two, where we kind of, you know, just talked it out, did whatever we did. Um, But last year was just too much. You know, we had, I think I had four different groups six different people to talk to. And it was just, it was just too much. There's too much input, which is, you know, what I hated three years ago when we had four or five guys in our one entry. And that's why we're doing it different this year. You know, just individually we'll still talk, but at the end of the day, like we have sole ownership. We don't have to worry about somebody's schedule and getting on a call to talk things out. You know, if they're, going to do however much you know work they put into it
1: yeah you you kind of nailed it we are doing it different instead of all sharing one entry together this year we're we're still collaborating and working together multiple of our guys at fade you will have their own entries that we will work together on but at the end of the day each guy is going to be responsible for his own entry and his own picks uh, we are signing up with Winner circle proxy service in case anybody who's listening to this gets the itch, join the contest, hit them up, get signed up. Uh, they're great. We've we switched to them last year and have nothing but good things to say about Kelly and Brett and their group. So let's talk a little week one now that we have contests on our mind. Kyle, I know you have a couple circled. And then Chris, I know you have some trends that you've been kind of taking a look at and seeing if those are going to apply to week one. And there's a couple that, are kind of in conflict with each other, but Kyle, give me one that, that you're really kind of maybe have your eye on for week one. I know you've talked about Bengals before, so maybe give me another one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bengals is probably one of my favorites right now, just based on if This game was played on Sunday, but another one I really like just because of the narrative and to go off topic for a minute, this is also why picking, you know, in that, Battle of the Dads was so hard because you get too much emotion involved. And this pick definitely has emotion for me involved in it, which is the Panthers minus four against the New York Jets. And I mean, Carolina on offense could be a lot of fun to watch. I watched Sam Darnold for years at SC. Another guy who I, you know, raved about with Tua with his character. This kid has great character, has amazing athleticism. You know, he's he's no Justin Fields on the athleticism charts, but, you know, he's still a lot more athletic than most guys out there. And he's finally in an offense that has playmakers. I don't think the coach is anywhere of the capabilities of Adam Gase. So just getting out of that environment – Having that fresh start, he's going to be at home. It sounds like such a homer square pick, but I just really like that revenge factor for Sam Darnold. Just seeing his former team going up against a rookie head coach in Robert Salah, and history shows you rookie head coaches don't tend to do well in week one, as well as a rookie quarterback. And that's where I'll leave it to Chris.
1: Chris, make the case for the rookie QB, the Mo, and the rookie coach.
0: Yeah, so it's the shout to Steve Mackinnon. Um, he was, you know, he writes a, a Vsin, I think the newsletter. Um, he goes through that and he's pointing out some trends for rookie QBs um, that are that are road favorites of more than three. In week one through three, and they're on a twenty-three and four stretch, so that's huge. Road dogs, right? right. Did I say faves? You said road faves. You meant road dogs. Road dogs, yeah. Road dogs of uh, of a field goal or more, and so it looks like the numbers at four right now. And uh,
1: so, why do you think that? Because
0: like I buy into trends a lot too, but only if I can
1: understand why that might be. So why why might that be such a strong trend like why why might that be the case well i mean
0: first of all you're probably i mean you're betting on a poop team right i mean if you're getting a good if you're getting a good rookie qb that's starting week one you probably are not the best team in the league and you're you're a dog but the panthers were pretty bad last year and they weren't that great and now they're laying it looks like a lot of the public thinks carolina is going to win so i think it's a great um, I don't think Den will be on the Panthers just cause it might be too small of a market game for him. he will probably focus on more of the, you know, your bills and your Buccaneers Bears, and Bears, Rams. You, yeah. Yeah. The Chiefs, stuff like that. I don't think he, but I mean, it has it written all over it. And I, I just think it's like, it's smelly enough for me and uh, you know, I like it. So, you know, road, road dog, everybody's probably like fucking jets sucked last year. Like not like, like Kmart said, I mean, they may or may not think Darnold's an upgrade from Bridgewater because Bridgewater's a great, but again, Bridgewater was a great dog QB, you know, not necessarily a fave, um, you know, and the Panthers are not really used to being the fave. They were dogs in probably almost every game last year. So it's going to be a weird spot for them coming out and, and need, you know, being favored and to win where the jets seem like they might be a little scrappy. And you know, because you guys are Niners fan, I like Salah. I like that guy a lot. He's gonna be have them fired up.
2: Oh, I won't agree there. But my, my my argument with the fired up and adrenaline is that shit ain't gonna last more than a series on offense and defense. Like they'll come out, but it's hard to maintain that for four quarters. And that's where experience, you know, is gonna come into play. That That's game, a good point.
0: That's a good point. So maybe if you're, you know, I'm down to, I'm not down to look at Jets first half, maybe, you know, I could see it being tied at half and then maybe they blow it, something like that.
1: That game is in, uh, it's at Carolina. That is going to be humid. That's a 1pm start. The total is 43 and a half. I mean, Kyle, you talked about all the playmakers on Carolina's offense. I've no idea what to expect from Zach Wilson to be honest. I could see this being a little bit maybe of a high scoring game and definitely going over that total of 43 and a half.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean the Jets defense is going to be good, no doubt about it. I mean they were actually pretty good last year, you know, apart from some blunders, you know, a pretty good run defense.
1: Well, they did lose um, I don't they did lose Carl Lawson today for the season. Okay. That, that's going to kill them.
2: So, But, I mean, kind of like what Chris was alluding to is solo on defense. I mean, look, I know last year, you know, too many guys went out for the Niners, but that defense was still not terrible for what they had to endure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it could be because players are – week one players, the fatigue level is already going to set in. You don't have their legs because no one plays in the preseason.
1: Especially in sweaty-ass so, Carolina. That's yeah. going to be hot. So, I
2: mean, that's, you know, <laughs> where a lot of people tend to think, oh, this is going to go under because of that. You got to think of busted plays because of fatigue. So,
1: Jeez, yeah. Chris, 24-20 goes over, Chris.
0: That's crazy. A push to the over.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Might have to look at that one. Uh, Let's see. Do we have one more, Chris? You got one. I don't know how much you've looked at Week One.
2: We got a couple what? more,
1: Chris. What's what's the Den play? of The Den for
0: sure. Den will be on this Week One.
2: Ravens minus four.
0: Right. Yeah. Probably that. I'm looking at all the other all the other ones. Vegas is making it hard for Den because they put Rams over the touchdown. So I could see him being like, "Fuck, land the hook." And then now I I thought for sure he'd be on Bucks the first game, if it was at six, six and a half. Now it's like creeping up towards the seven mark. If he can get that under a touch, I can sure um, feel like he'll be on that. And he, he loves to, he'll probably for sure be on that. It's a Thursday night game. That's the first game opener. Of the year. yeah. the yeah. yeah. And then probably I still think he's going to be, on, I I'm, I think he's going to see chiefs under a, uh, under a touchdown and say, give me the, uh, give me the chiefs at home against the Browns. I've already said, I'm gonna wear my brownie poop suit, and that'll be a play for me.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, we can't wait! Just a few weeks left for the return of. De- I mean, he's Chris. He's not betting August baseball.
0: No, it's sad. Uh, yeah, I know we were gonna to touch upon this because chicken dinners, guy, the bartender's ready to go. I texted Den twice. I said, "You ready for football?" And he just goes, "Hell yeah!" And then I was hoping to get more pumped, and then I go. I go, you looking at week one yet? Like you got any plays? And he just goes, I haven't looked, which is the beauty of Den. He just hasn't looked and he'll look like on Friday or Saturday night, you know, and then just text me at 945 Pacific time with a bunch of plays. In it. <laughs> yeah, then Den, it Den's, is, uh, he,
1: He's not exactly doing research here in the middle of August.
0: No, he's not. He's looking and he'll, he'll find what he thinks he likes there on a Saturday night after and it'll depend you know how his uh first couple weeks because I think the NCAA they start a week early right so he'll have he'll have a warm-up on uh college football and then and then a second week you know they say call it the super week one and then he'll have another one we'll see how he uh how he starts off with college and then he'll see how confident he is going into pros (laughs) I'm upset that he didn't show at Pechanga
2: Unreal.
0: I know. He said he was. He said he was there. I said, "Yeah, we're at the blackjack tables." He—he's crazy. He likes to do his own thing. I'll show up and see him, and he'll be playing playing craps, and then he'll walk on to some other table. So, Lord knows. And then he gets drunk. He's—he's he's, you know—he's an older guy. You got to remember, he might have been there since like 10 a.m. and then hear us young guys come at seven or eight, and he's ready to pass out.
1: You know? <laughs> uh, then <laughs> just can't hang, but. Den's going to hang in the football season for sure. So everybody who's been waiting for fade Den, it's coming. It's a few weeks away. Just hang in there a little while longer. We'll have just, I mean, you know, Den is going to be firing all Saturday, all Sunday. There's gonna be plenty of Den plays to fade. We have more football we want to talk about, but we're gonna go ahead and end this show there. We've got a few weeks until week one starts. Our guys have more leans, more win totals to talk about. So stay tuned for the next couple weeks. Uh, next week is going to be the week we go sign up for the contest. We're looking to have our friend of the show, Top Flight Sports, on next week. And then hopefully a couple more guests before football season starts. So let's just remind everybody that, Chris, sometimes if you bet on poop like the Orioles
0: <laughs> or the Eagles tonight, you might get a shitty result. yeah, yeah, yeah. they